0: Hello, and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak of authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with Blake Nelson, the author of several books for teenagers, including Girl, Paranoid Park, Destroy All Cars, and Recovery Road. His latest novel, The Prince of Venice Beach, is being published in June by Little Brown, which is sponsoring this podcast. The Prince of Venice Beach introduces 17-year-old Robert Callahan, who's better known as Callie, to the runaways, neighborhood characters, and streetball players of the Los Angeles neighborhood of Venice Beach. When some unfamiliar men begin to ask for Callie's help in tracking down missing people in the area, Callie begins to think that he has the makings of a career as a private investigator. After he's asked to help find a runaway girl named Reese, the daughter of a wealthy financier, Callie begins to question the ethics of what he's being asked to do, especially when he doesn't know the whole story. Blake, uh, thank you for speaking with me.
1: Great to be here.
0: Some of your previous books have been set in Portland, Oregon, and in New England, but is this the, your first time writing about Southern California?
1: Uh, yes, it is. Uh, it was in uh, a very exciting and new for me.
0: And are you are you living in Venice Beach now?
1: Yes, yes. I live in Venice. I live about two blocks from where the book is primarily set
0: and was the setting the starting point for this book or did it get some other how did it get this started i guess
1: many years ago i uh, met a guy that had lived on the beach in venice when he was about 19 and he wasn't a homeless kid he was a educated you know smart kid i met him in a when we both worked at a bookstore and he just one day told me that uh, for a couple months he moved to venice and lived on the beach and uh kind of lived like a bum and i found it quite fascinating and i always and i would always ask him about it and i think i uh i think that was where the idea of homelessness or um, being a runaway um, first came to me
0: and at what point did you end up moving to venice yourself
1: and then I moved here about five years ago. Um, I'm a I'm an amateur surfer, not not very good. And I was waiting. I had a little gap in my schedule. I was waiting for a book to come out, and so I moved down here to. I, I thought for you know a year at the most to learn how to surf, and um, I ended up really taking to it. And I and I ended up loving Venice. And I see the and there is a lot of homeless kids here and a lot of runaways. And I see them every day, and my brain started to work on it.
0: What were your first impressions of, of Venice itself? What made you gravitate to it and want to use it in a book?
1: Um, well, Venice is a legendary place. It's a place that uh, many people, often I talk, I talk to people and I say, have you ever been to L.A.? And Well, I've been to Venice, they'll say. Um, and so it kind of has an energy. Uh, a lot of uh, artists lived here in the 60s and 70s when it was kind of a poor neighborhood. And it uh, well, there was a lot of uh, gang activity here in the, 80s and 90s, so it's one of those places in the world. I, I always like to I always like places like this that has a very uh, intense history, and it's uh, and the, it has, it just has a vibe to it that um, and then Santa Mon there's other neighborhoods around Venice, Santa Monica, and they're very nice and staid and normal, and but Venice just has a real uh, even the name of it Venice. When you just hear that name, you you know that it's a special place. And, and, and an interesting place and a place that not, o- that not only good things happen it's, it's kind of dangerous it's kind of exciting I was very intrigued and I kind when I moved here I, I knew right away that I would want to be here instead of in some of the more traditional you know there's more artsy neighborhoods there's more hipstery neighborhoods but Venice has a kind of edge to it that I was
0: very attracted to and then how did the character of Callie uh, begin to come together for you?
1: Um, I just, I often, uh, I often just try to put myself, that was probably why meeting that kid who had lived here uh, was so important, because he was just like me, really, and so it made me think that, you know, if for some reason I had ended up down here as a teenager, I always just think of what I would do and how I would survive and it's it's an odd thing. I've always sort of thought about stuff like that. And, and then the fun thing about Callie, of course, is that he's uh, relatively unscarred. Um, he's a foster kid, so he hasn't necessarily been. Um, uh, in my mind, he he's probably had a fairly benign experience as a foster kid, and so he, you know, and so he's an intelligent person. He's a person that is not you know completely given up on the world and so when he finds himself in this difficult situation you know he kind of just makes the best of it and he's reasonably intelligent about it and so he he sees an opportunity to help the police and help these other private investigators and so he begins to do that and i and i really liked the idea that there's so many people in venice and there's so many kids here that i think that it's 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 somewhat realistic that a person like cali could exist And I think that's the fun of the book also. It's a very realistic book. Uh, Many of the readers have said, oh, as you read this book, you think, wow, this could totally be true. Including the part that Callie's actually relatively happy. He has, you know, good friendships. He has a woman who's kind of supporting him, at least letting him live in her backyard. And his life is actually, (laughs) it's a little bit, I, I, I didn't. Uh, it's a little bit of a fantasy. I mean, I think uh, an average teenager might read this book and think, "God, I'd like to live like that."
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, sp- speaking of the the realism thing, you know, uh, in terms of him as a detective, it, he's not some sort of teen super detective or savant or anything, which is sort of nice. He really does feel like this real kid who, you know, he he's not quite a, he know, he knows that he, you know he's had some lucky breaks and some, some successes, but that he's also maybe not quite as slick as he. You know, thinks he is, and I don't know. What do you think his strengths are as a character? I mean, is it his sense of justice, his his ability to just observe the world around him?
1: Um, yes, he he's very observant. It's an interesting thing about the justice. I don't think that he, he does have the mentality of a street kid. So he doesn't, you know, when one of his people that he's trying to find is getting beaten up, he doesn't run in and try to save him. Mm-hmm. He knows that that's the way of Venice. And he knows that that kid, if he lets him get beat up, will want to go back to his parents which is the ultimate objective so I think he's realistic he's uh, he's definitely understands the world that he lives in in that way I, I like to think of him as an art uh, an artful Dodger type character in the sense that he has a good heart but he's completely aware of where he is and what he's doing and I think that's a really great way to have a character be I think that uh, you know if you a character like this if you just made him you know a martial arts expert or he could, you know, figure out DNA. I mean, it's much more fun if he's just a kid who is observant and a little more intelligent than you might think at first.
0: Yeah, there, maybe. It's, yeah, maybe not so much justice, but certainly he's got a, a real like. I guess his his character or something like. It, which is a funny thing, but like one of the scenes that hit me the hardest was when he was uh trying to take another character, a girl named Strawberry, under his wing a little bit and kind of care for her. um There's a scene where he's trying to, you know, help her to. To just sort of pull herself together and maybe take a shower on one of the, the boardwalk showers. There's something so tender about that that just, you know, he, he wants to help.
1: Yes, yes, and I think he seeks family. I think he, he treats Strawberry like a sister, and I think that is actually a very common thing among these type of kids, even the real down-and-out kids. They really bond together, and they really um, look to help each other out. And although I didn't try to make this super gritty i think that's a real universal thing that happens and yes that's a it's a great quality that he that cali has and it's interesting because when you start a book like this you don't really like say to yourself oh this guy's going to be a real good guy and he's going to look out for his friends you just start to you just realize that that's what would happen or that's how you would have to be um if you wanted to if you were a guy like cali who's trying to get himself off the street and yeah, like you say, he has a—he um, does have a—he's he, a—he's from the Midwest, so he has a little bit more—he's um, a little more solid in a
0: way. You know, speaking about the way you start off a book versus where it goes, were there certain moments or developments that sort of caught you by surprise or that you didn't see coming as you as you were writing?
1: Uh, well, that was a great experience for me because I had never written a book that had any kind of mystery or detective element, and I really didn't know how you did that. And uh, And I remember that Stephen King wrote in his book uh, on writing that he doesn't know what's going to happen in the plots of his books. So as I wrote the book, as I wrote uh, Prince of Venice Beach, I didn't have an outline, and I didn't ever try to think too far ahead. Which is how I write my my other books, and I just kind of tried to keep the plot interesting. Like at, at, at any given point, I would sort of trick myself. I'd say, "Well, this is going to happen," and then I would just make something else happen, or or add some sort of cliffhanger to the end of a chapter. And it was uh, it was a little bit like surfing. You just never knew what was going to happen and you just had to go with it you just couldn't worry too much and so i just kept adding little plot twists uh and just seeing where it would lead to it was a very fun experience as a writer i kind of now i wish i'd been writing more mystery type things all along but uh, uh, and as I said to some of my writer friends, oh, oh my gosh! I always thought with mysteries you had to know what, all these plot twists. And in fact, if you don't know them, that's way better because you're surprising yourself and um, and, and and the and the thing i always say is whatever you experience as a writer is what the reader will experience so if you're surprised the reader will be surprised and if you're amused the reader will be amused and if you're sad the reader will be sad and things like that so as i went through this book i was i was really trying to um just have fun with the plot and throw in stuff and, and it was really interesting and and now i think i know why people like mysteries so much and why people like detective stories
0: Speaking of, you know, despite the sand, uh, the sun, rather, and the surfing, uh, and I know you did say you didn't think it was a necessarily a gritty story, there is sort of a, a, a noir feeling to it. I think. Um, are you a fan of detective noir when it comes to either books or film?
1: Uh, well, I, n- no, I hadn't been. But when I first moved to L.A., I kind of, you just, you get a lot of that immediately when you move here. If you're a writer and you're hanging around with literary people, uh, that tradition is so, I didn't really think of that as, I didn't, I wasn't even really that aware of that. But when I moved here, I, I very much became aware of it. And I really thought, well, I'm here. I'm living the L.A. life. Uh, I, I read some of those classic books um raymond chandler and some of those i read agatha christie my first agatha christie um i read a couple patricia highsmith books which i'd never read before and uh yeah i kind of got into it
0: now uh, i think this is your your first book with little brown um what editor are you working with and how did you uh, come to publish with them
1: Uh, Well, I'm working with Bethany Strout, and uh, she was – she used to work for my uh, literary agent, and she became my – and whenever me and my literary agent would get in a fight, I would say, um, ask Bethany, because me and Bethany were much more – Bethany is uh, young, and she – me and her just had a rapport, and we would gang up on my agent (laughs) – and uh, all, all in good fun, of course. Um, and so she really became my ally at uh, at my literary agency. And so we'd end up in these situations where I really didn't want to know what my agent thought. I wanted to know what Bethany thought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she was like, you know, like an intern at first. And I, I don't know if she was, um, just, she was very young at this point. And so as soon as she left the literary agency and went to uh, Little Brown, my agent conspired to get me over there with her.
0: So your novel Girl was originally, I think, serialized in Sassy Magazine. It was published as an adult novel in 94. It was released as a YA book, re-released in 2007. Uh, do you feel pretty at home as a young adult novelist, if you would even want to give yourself a label like that?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I didn't intend to do that uh, originally, but um, Girl was one of my earliest books, and in those days I wrote, you know, I kind of tried a lot of different things, and uh, writing in a teenage voice uh, worked so well for me. It was so clear that I had a little, something interesting happened when I did that as opposed to trying to write about adults. And so... Um, you know, I kind of I kind of fought it a little bit at first. I wrote a couple more books about adult men and uh, you know people like me, basically. But I just realized that uh, the books about teenagers and for some reason doing like voices, like Callie's voice, is is I think very. Uh, it was a lot of fun to write in that voice, and I enjoy writing in the voices of girls sometimes. That's kind of fun because it's you know the. Did the opposite of my own experience. Uh, Sometimes you just, you know, you're just very good at one thing and not as good at the other thing. So that's obviously the way to go.
0: Hmm. Now, uh, considering that you're in in LA now, uh, two of your books, uh, Girl and Paranoid Park, uh, were made into films. Uh, What was the experience of that like?
1: Great. Really exciting and fun. I, I didn't have too much to do with the film of Girl. But with the film of Paranoid Park I, um, oh my gosh I, It was just a, a blast uh, I, I Gus Van Zandt The director was one of my favorite directors uh, It was like I joked at the time That it was like being asked to be in the Rolling Stones Or something It's like you, you, you always hope that somebody will make a good movie Out of one of your books But when your favorite director <laughs> uh, The person that you admire the most I think he's really my favorite Um He's my favorite director like, in the world And to suddenly be working with him um, And he was very nice And he was a very interesting person to be around And he was very nice uh, Often the, the, the uh, film people don't want you around Because you're going to complain and uh, But I was so excited to have him I was very curious to see what ways He would make the film different than the
0: book Speaking of books I, I think you, you just got some, some news Regarding Recovery Road, right?
1: Yes, yes, very exciting. Um, they're going to make a pilot of it, and and hopefully, uh, and if they, and if they like the pilot, then they then they start shooting the series. So that'll be very interesting. I've never had any experience with TV, so I'm sure that will be very strange <laughs> hmm. to see. I know that the plot will probably be you know somewhat different than my book, but that's okay. I think it'll be interesting to see it.
0: Mm-hmm. And um are you already sort of starting work on new books? Are you bouncing ideas around?
1: Yes, I ha- yeah, I'm writing another book. It's not exactly like uh Prince of Venice Beach, but it also has a kind of thriller mystery aspect to it. And you know, that might be the that might be the legacy of having moved here is that I might start writing these uh sort of mystery uh type books um which I'm really enjoying uh and, I, you know, I think living in New York, I may have took myself too seriously to write things like that. I'm, and now being in L.A., I think people are a little uh, less uh, less pretentious. <laughs> and so I feel released to go ahead and write genre-y type books.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, congratulations again on the new book and uh, on the TV pilot. And uh, thanks for speaking with me. Ah, thank you. Once again I've been speaking with Blake Nelson, whose new book is The Prince of Venice Beach, published by Little Brown and out in June. Thank you for listening to PW Kidscast.